Hey there. Welcome to Twins Talk Clear-Cut Communication. Yes, we are twins. And yes, we are two old guys who should know better than to try to tackle the topic of communication in a podcast. But we're going to do it anyway, and hopefully you'll find it informative and maybe even enjoyable. Hey, we're coming to you from Morgan, Oregon. Now, Jen, you're out in Oregon. Are you Portland? Are you, is that anywhere near Morgan? Can't say I've ever heard of Morgan, but I'm sure it's there somewhere. Okay, well, Morgan listeners, you're listening in. We've got someone from Portland, so you need to listen up. We are delighted to have a guest with us today, an executive woman leader who's been remarkable in her development. And we're going to say young. Of course, Ray, next to us, everyone's young. I think you're right. But I think Jen will take on the young category. Although when I I read some of the information you sent me, Jen, you said you'd been in the business for 18 years. Jen started her own organization in the Midwest and then moved out to the West Coast, to Portland, Oregon, where she has just most recently become the Executive Director of Community Vision. And so we are delighted to have a woman of such stature. Jen's role as Executive Director is she has been working with the disability community for the 18 years. And this is a wonderful social service. And I've had the chance to visit with Jen from time to time and think that some of the things she faces as an organizational leader are unique. So we felt especially privileged privileged to have Jen come on and visit with us in the unique category she's in. Now, Jen, have I done that sufficiently or do we need a little more applause saying how terrific you really are? I think you nailed it. Thank you. You think I nailed it? Yeah. And I don't know if, I don't know if this appears on the resume, but she has an incredibly brilliant smile and a terrific sense of humor. There you go. What could be I better? I should add that. Thank you. <laughs> what could be better? So we are in the midst of talking about feedback and Ray and I have done three or four sessions on feedback, how to give it, how it's perceived. Uh, We haven't really talked about how to receive it, although probably tangentially we have. But we wanted to just explore with Jen and her role as executive director, how she views feedback. So maybe we could get started with a general question that says, you know, in terms of feedback as a communication tool, how do you see it? How do you use it? How do you view it? Yeah. So I think when I think about feedback, it is there's multiple functions. I think one of the main functions is to help light up areas in people's lives that they might not be aware of. Mm-hmm. You know, you think think about all of us, right? We we think that the world thinks like us, <laughs> that we're the ones who are the norm. And it's only when other people point out where we might be missing something that we can grow and explore in that area. And so I see it primarily as a growth tool that it's an opportunity for for people to maybe see the spots that they don't realize themselves and can then grow in it. So you're not using that light up people as in the term that I might use it, I'm going to light you up. You're not using it that way, right? Correct. (laughs) Correct. I was going to say that it's the first time I've heard us describe, anyone describe feedback as illumination, to illuminate, to provide light, to give opportunity for people to see better. Something's going on. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful description. I've just not used it myself, but I think it's very, very applicable and certainly something people need to think about that when you give feedback, you have the chance to light up a situation, a chance to illuminate. So when you kind of explore that, Jen, and you talk about 
feedback as an opportunity to, to light up things so people can see things better, or as Bear talked about it, illuminating what's around them and what they're doing, what they're experiencing. How do you use feedback as an executive director? Now, again, I made a point stating that this is a relatively new role for you. So I'm delighted that you can speak from a newness perspective and say, as you know, as I'm in this role, here's how I'm using feedback, or this is how I see my use of feedback in leading my new organization or an organization that's new to me. Yeah. So I would put it in a couple of different categories. I think the people who are direct reports. So for me, it's the leadership team who directly reports to me for the use of feedback for them is is really more for that personal and professional growth. So in one-on-one conversations, definitely not in groups giving feedback, that it's an opportunity to explore where they need to, to learn and grow, kind of more what I referred to earlier. But I think also more broadly, when we get outside of, of just those individual relationships, it is kind of giving and receiving feedback of bigger things like general direction of, of where are we headed mm-hmm. and creating a culture where people can say, this is where I think we should go and, and giving feedback to me as well, and and really creating more of a of a team atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that we're fully there yet. To be clear, that this is a, a learning journey, but I think it's creating this opportunity where it can go both ways, um, where it's not only from me to the team, but where the team can actually give me feedback when they think I'm wrongheaded as well. And now you said with your direct reports and with the people who are on your immediate leadership team. Do you see yourself giving feedback in any way to the organization beyond that in in terms of people that maybe report to them? Or do you see no feedback looks kind of like a chain of command linear? Or is there ways that you've experienced? Maybe we'll just put it in terms of an experience you've had where as executive director, you've had to give feedback to the entire organization. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. So to to answer the the first part, I I typically don't give direct feedback to individuals that I don't supervise. So my role there is more coaching their supervisor on giving feedback themselves. Um, In terms of feedback to the whole organization, I can't think of any example where I would couch it as feedback. Um, I think it'd be more information sharing, trying to be inspirational and sharing the direction that we're going, uh, things like that. And yeah, I don't, I don't, can't think of where it would be feedback for the whole organization that I would couch it as feedback. Okay. I don't want to cut into your space. And yet, as you were talking, even when I thought of the question, I was really thinking of this leadership model that talks about as leaders, we need to share bad news, then good news, then details. And I often think leaders fail to confront the organization with the bad news, or they end up mixing signals and end up not setting it out. So I guess where my mind was heading, and I didn't want to you know, lead the witness, so to speak, or lead you in a direction, but I was really thinking about this notion. You and I have talked about the idea that when you give talks to the organization or as executive director, you have a design of sharing it. And one of the thoughts is, The bad news is really, well, the bad news and the good news are both feedback. Here's the bad news. Here's what we're confronted with. Here's where we've been. Here's what we've been doing. Here's some data that tells us we've got to do something different. Now, here's the good news, et cetera, et cetera. Now, let's talk about the plan. Let's talk about where we're going. But anyway, that's a side note. But I was thinking of folks out there listening and thinking, yeah, there are times we would assume that executive directors from a platform do tell the organization as a whole where it is. And as you said, I'm not going to give feedback 
feedback to individuals. I'm going to work through leadership and things like that. Ray, did you want to jump in? or I, Well, I, one of the things that I would say, Jen, so often in topics we deal with, we're trying to address people's concerns about interpersonal communication. And often I find that people are very concerned about giving feedback related to poor performance, related to uh, whether they're parents or leaders or colleagues, attempting to give people information to illuminate them, illuminate their behavior that is affecting people negatively. Hey, right, right, right. You can't be stealing that. Jen started with illumination. Now you're beginning to use that term. Hey, you you just can't be doing that, you know? Well, I'll, I'll promise Jen this. When I use it in the future publicly, I'll cite her. You'll give her credit. I'll give Deal. Her credit. Deal. Yeah. She'll be listening. <laughs> Jen, if we can keep him from interrupting just a little bit, I'll get back to the issue I was trying to get with you. And that is <laughs> that so often people in their efforts to communicate that feedback that has to address problem behavior that needs attention, okay? In your experience as a leader, are there any events that are memorable to you in that regard and you having to address someone's behavior that you want to be developmental, but at the same time say, no, this behavior really can't, we can't afford to have it continue? Oh, yes. Um, I think it's (laughs) both probably for the receiver and the giver. It's some of the most memorable interpersonal exchanges of life, right? (laughs) Because it is so uncomfortable. So absolutely, I think, uh, and and, and I want to be honest, I don't know if this is helpful for, for your listeners, but to know that I often lose sleep before I have to have such a discussion. And mm. I don't feel bad sharing that. I think to recognize that it is important and it matters <laughs> both for, again, the person I'm giving it to as well as myself. So when I think there's a couple of things that I think about, particularly when I have to give performance reviews that are negative, is that First of all, to me, it's about being able to build the relationship first. So if I'm going to have to give negative feedback, I should have already built a relationship with them. Because at least from my experience, I don't know if you all would agree, but it is very different to hear feedback from somebody that you know and trust than from a stranger mm-hmm. and or somebody that you don't think has your back, that doesn't actually care about what you are doing. So just wanted to say that as a precursor <laughs> that sure. I, I do heavily rely on the relationship I already have with people. But then in terms of giving feedback, I mean, there are some definitely some memorable moments and I always find that the importance is to get the the heart of the feedback out first and just not hesitate (laughs) and be clear, then take a breath and then be able to give examples because typically people want examples of what that is. And sometimes it's a very specific incident, but sometimes, especially as a supervisor, you have to address a pattern. And particularly when you're addressing a pattern, I think that's where people's defensive modes come up and their immediate reactions will tell me when, you know, and tell me when that happened. So you have to be prepared to be able to share those specific incidents. I think one of the challenges, and I'd be interested to hear what you all have to say, is in those kinds of exchanges where you say, here's a pattern and here is examples of that pattern. I feel like people often then tend to want to just pick apart the examples as opposed to hear about the pattern. And so I don't know if you all in your experience, back to asking some questions of you, but have have any strategies for helping the person to to really listen to the pattern as opposed to just the specific examples. Is that at all something you have dealt with? Oh, yeah. Ray, you want to jump in? Well, clearly, you're absolutely right, Jen. That's typical. 
that would be it would be atypical not to have someone take issue with your comments that they believe may or may not reflect their behavior, but they're going to try to defend. One of the things you said, though, I want to capture quickly is the very first thing you said is you prepare. Now, you said I may lose sleep over it, but I give it a lot of thought. I don't rush into this. I don't presume to try and do it spontaneously. I want to get things clear in my mind before I try to offer it to someone else. And I think that's a critical step and very often a missing steps. A lot of people I know give feedback because they're energized to do it out of being angry or frustrated. Or, and so they spontaneously start the process and then it gets lost. Then this process really becomes complicated and unwieldy. But uh, yeah, in, in terms of the pattern and people becoming, I make every effort to keep a feedback session, a feedback comment from becoming a debate. I think the moment it becomes a debate, I'm not doing my job because it's not about wanting to debate and you being able to point out others do this, you being able to point out where I might be, you feel I'm wrong or it's not accurate. For me, it's not about debate. It's about information and whether you see it or you think it's inaccurate. If it's inaccurate, I'm open to hearing that, but this is what's observable, very clear and observable and stick with the pattern and not get lost in the weeds debating. And one of the things you say, Jen, was that you want to build a relationship with the person you're providing feedback with before you go into a feedback session, particularly if it has the potential of being perceived as negative information. And we shared a model on the last podcast in which we talked about positive intent, that if you don't have positive intent going into the feedback session, then you best not do it. You really do need to have the other person's interest at heart when you go into it. So when you use phrases like, I've got your back, or I built a relationship that I'm working in your best interest, all that has to be there. I think the other thing in the model, and I would be interested in how you would use this, uh, we talked about the idea of providing very concise, direct data, information-driven feedback. And as you said, I just want to get it out. I want to put it out there. I want to be clear. I want to be direct. And then pause. And one of the things we say then is to explore with them. Now, does this make sense? Do you see this? So your comment about patterns, one of the things we would do is raise the question, is this making sense? Is this something you see? And to at that moment in time, have this exploratory conversation, not a debate, not to push back against, but to explore with them. In fact, one of the comments that we used out of the book, I Never Split the Difference, where Voss, the author, says, it's not about you being right, it's about that's right. So what we want to hear in one form or another is for the person to finally get to a place in their own thinking that, okay, that's right. Not that you're right, because that's simply a concession, but that that's right. So I'm just kind of trying to rework some of the information we've used into what you're saying and saying, yeah, what you're saying makes a lot of sense and kind of is consistent with the things we've been talking about. So clearly, you're a knowledgeable person when you're agree with us. Clearly, you know what you're talking about, Jen, but you're doing it. We're old guys that just get to say it. We don't have to do it. Was there was there any chance that Jen had listened to our podcast before this? So she's very alert to what we might be ready to say or have been saying. There's every, there's every chance, but Jen okay. is not a person easily influenced. She's a person that makes up her own mind. Right, Jen? Absolutely. <laughs> um, so a couple of thoughts based on, on what you just said. One is that when I give feedback, that the other thing I have to be prepared for is feedback in return and creating a culture in my own self <laughs> that I am willing to, to listen. And I think about, particularly for me, and I'll, I'll share an example of for myself, because I think it's important that this is actually in community choices, but 
I had done a kind of a 360 review, right, where I asked the, the people who report to me what their feedback is. And it came through loud and clear that one of the frustrations that my team had was that my mood set the mood for the whole team. Hmm. And when I was in a bad mood, everyone could feel it and people felt like they had to walk around on tiptoes. And hearing that, as you can imagine, was humbling. And I, I share that because they were right. And when I reflected, I, I could feel it. And I, I knew that while I tried to control frustration, <laughs> that I wasn't. And it was really a point of, part of why I say feedback is illumination, because it really was a point of an aha moment for me of, all right, I have got to be able to get this under control because it affects other people. Mm. And the reason I share that is because I think also what happens when you give feedback is often people's first reaction is defensiveness or anger or frustration. But what I have found is if you if you truly do have good intent and you have a relationship, that often the reaction later will be, you're right. And just having having that experience for my own self of being the feedback receiver, it is confirming that that is often what happens when we give feedback as well. So I just wanted to share that, that even if the first reaction to feedback is anger or defensiveness, that is hopefully not the end of the story. That people who do want to grow will, will often take it to heart at a later date. You know, Jen, and I can't believe this, but we are fast out of time. We're, we're right up against it. But one of the questions that we were going to ask you was, how do you avoid developing a feedback adverse culture? And that's something I've been very interested in. And both Ray and I as consultants are very interested in when we get involved in organizations that clearly are feedback adverse. Not only do they are they bad at it, they don't like to do it. They're adverse to doing and providing feedback. And I have to say your last comment about the notion of soliciting feedback goes a long way to reducing the notion of a feedback adverse culture, because you're setting up a model and a precedent that says, I'm also willing to get feedback. I'm also willing to deal with things that maybe I don't like or don't want to hear, but nonetheless, we have to keep doing it. So I want to put that in that category that for folks who are saying, I want to get a culture that's open to feedback and promotes feedback as a way of doing business. Anything else you might add to that in terms of the notion of how do you avoid creating a feedback adverse culture? The thing that jumps into my mind is to reward responsiveness as opposed to just rewarding results. So if you give feedback and you see that the person does take it to heart, that mm. that is rewarded or acknowledged in future sessions and in conversations. And that I think then inspires people to want to keep doing it as opposed to, I think what organizations sometimes do, which is give feedback, but then don't, don't tie rewards to feedback that it's just about results or it's just about kind of these, these other things that are not tied to what you're trying to instill in the employees. If that, I don't know if that makes sense, but that is something for me is to make sure if I bring something up to a pay attention to, is that changing uh -huh. um, and acknowledge it in the future, but also reward that because we're fundamentally reward beings, let's be honest. And if we if we get acknowledged or rewarded for the things that we want others to exhibit, then that makes a difference for folks. Sure does. Now, I can't believe it, but we are completely out of time. I would love to give you the last word, Jen. Ray, you want to jump in and add anything and then maybe let uh, close us out? No, I'd love to hear a last word from Jen as well. I would say my my last word would just be to 
be bold and clear in feedback and know that if you actually care about the person's growth, that will come through. The twins are done talking for today. Now it's your turn. We'd love to hear from you with feedback regarding today's theme or a situation you'd like us to step into during a future session. You can reach us at twintalk46 at gmail.com. Remember, no communication problem is so big, so complicated, or so intense that we can't make it larger, more complex, or more dangerous than it already is, almost effortlessly. And we'd like to thank Kevin McLeod for the score that both began and ended this podcast. Thank you.